0: Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent, documentary, and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. In the new documentary film, Kings of Beer, it features a behind-the-scenes interviews with Budweiser's top brewmasters and experts, along with cameos from beer aficionados like Aisha Tyler, Jay Chandra Sikhar, and Michael Voltaggio. King of Beers is a fun and thoughtful deep dive into the world of brewing and what it takes to really be at the top of your game. It depicts, through the eyes of Budweiser's most highly skilled brewmasters, whose job is to maintain the consistency of an American lager, which is widely regarded as the single hardest beer to brew. And with that, we're joined today by the director of Kings of Beer, and that would be Sean Mullen. Sean, welcome to Film School Radio.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Appreciate
0: thank, it. Yeah, thank you so much for for being here. I, I I will be perfectly honest with you. When I was approached about the uh, this documentary, your your film, I wasn't sure. Not sure if I is this something I'd be interested in. And <laughs> and I I will tell you, be honest with you, it's a fun and entertaining, fun watch. And there's a bit of some uh, good old American uh, heartstrings in this film about the people who are a part of the Budweiser family and what their personal backstories are that really, really makes this a very enjoyable and entertaining uh, watch. Um, Just curious, what, what was it about this project that attracted you?
1: Well, thank you so much for that, by the way, because, yeah, I, I just I feel like there might be some people coming to the film with a bit of trepidation about, you know, it being associated with a major brand and, you know, having, um, you know, some concerns about that. But, you know, we from day one, we really tried to focus on the characters uh, and the people behind the, the magic of, of brewing. You know, what really drew me to the the project initially was this idea of. You know, being able to challenge some perceptions of of what makes a world class brewmaster. I don't think a lot of people really realize and and uh, what it really takes to perform at that level. And when you have a a company like uh, Budweiser who is brewing an American lager, uh, and and another thing that I was really big on in the film, which hopefully stuck out to you, is this idea that loggers are way more difficult to brew than ales. And and but meanwhile in kind of popular culture, you know, ales get all the are getting a lot of love, you know, with the IPAs and all that stuff these days. But it's so much easier to hide any flaws in an IPA because you can just bury it in hops and other stuff. Whereas a lager is a really, really, really delicate balance and it's a longer, more expensive process. And it's just a really difficult beer to get right consistently. And so I, I think between the characters and this idea that lagers are are really a difficult beer to brew, which might be kind of not what the average person would initially think. I think those are the two initial factors that really pulled me in.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to say, you're right. Uh, Ales are sexier. Right now, and I think, uh, and 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 by the way, by way of shameless plugging of uh, product placement here, I'm going to say I've always liked Budweiser, and I've always and I've taken <laughs> I've taken a lot of grief for that over the years. Trust me, a lot of grief from people about it. But uh, but I, I wouldn't have had any idea what goes into the processing, the making, the brewing of a of a beer, uh, and I found it to be fascinating. It it's not an easy process, and I. I appreciate that. First of all, I, I've forgotten the gentleman's name, the uh, the uh, Irishman in an English pub who who sets about to explain how it's all done. I thought he was terrific, a terrific kind of uh, a guide into the world of, of brewing. Uh, what was his name?
1: Yeah, Charles Bamforth. He is the foremost kind of expert on brewing science. He's a a professor kind of a global uh, brewmaster emeritus uh, professor guy who's who's incredible and, and he's yeah, he's full of energy full of life yes a really wonderful brit and yeah we we, we pulled him into an irish pub just to make him uncomfortable uh, uh to see how that was <laughs> yeah. which is you know one of kind of the famed new york city um pubs and uh, he sat down with us and just talked and shared his knowledge about you know, what it takes to brew brew a lager and it was really really illuminating, I think, for everybody involved.
0: It really does. It, it, it sets it up, uh, the a lot of the f- rest of the film, um, uh, about just exactly the degree of difficulty involved. And by the way, I completely butchered the... Uh, he, he is, in fact, as you said, an Englishman in an Irish pub, and I uh, thank you for <laughs> correcting that. Uh, but <laughs> okay. but he was entertaining, and, and, in, and he explained it in a way that uh, anyone could understand. Uh, Which again, like I said, it sets it up for so much of the rest of the film in terms of understanding the process and your access to uh, the different brewmasters around the world is, again, another fascinating part of this. Uh, I don't know if there's a a backstory behind how you got access to these different people, but a very interesting part of the film.
1: Yes, access was incredible, and, and that, you know, hats off there to the the team at, at Budweiser and ABM Bev in general for allowing, you know, myself and my crew really unfettered access to these brewmasters, you know, all around the world. There's 65 breweries around the world that brew Budweiser, and so we obviously couldn't hit them all, but we, we focused on essentially the top 10, and then uh, outside that scope of top 10 or so, we also traveled to Brazil, Moscow, you know, we traveled all around the world, China, it was really incredible, actually one of the top. Uh, top five is a Chinese uh, man named Hua Lu, uh, who was really incredible. Hope you liked him in the film. I but do. he, um, okay. he really shared a lot with his family and really opened up his house and his, you know, wife and daughter. It was really, really nice to be able to just have that intimate access. I mean, as a storyteller, as a filmmaker, you know, to me that's really what it's all about is is learning about people, their hopes and fears, and and then put them to the test. And you know, really, at its heart, this is a film about people who are just trying to be the best. And I think anybody. Can relate to that desire.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, I want to let people know if they're interested in finding out more about the film. It's an easy way to do that. They can go to kingsofbeer dot and through that you'll get an idea of the people and we're talk. We'll be talking about in just a minute. In addition to, we and about how you might, if you want to watch the film, it's coming out in theaters uh, this Friday, August second, as well as it's available on a number of different VOD platforms. And I'm not exactly sure when that will all become available, but uh, is that also the second, um,
1: Sean? Yeah, this Friday. This Friday. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it's, uh, plenty of um, you know streaming and kind of digital platforms. So it should be available. Just you know, if you search for Kings of Beer, it should
0: pop up. It, yeah, if you look at the website Kings of Beer, it's on. I don't know if there's very many platforms. It's not going to be on uh, as of August second <laughs> here. Looks like a full the full array and well let's let's kind of take a, a step back here and explain uh, the world of brewing and the rigorous standards that need to be met and talk about we can talk about the people who are the brewmasters but also let's set up the sort of the, the infrastructure within Budweiser and is it room 220 I believe is the uh,
1: yes yeah, room, famed room t- 220, which this is not in the film, but I'll let you know. It's named after the the phone in that room used to be, the number was 220, and everybody would be nervous when they got a call from 220 because it was kind of the, the height of the of the brewing world. It's where all the beer is tasted and evaluated for AB InBev. And at this point, AB InBev uh, oversees the, the production of a third of the world's beer. And so this room... You know the tasters, the key tasters that are in this room, are responsible for the quality of close to a third of the world's beer, which is just was another thing that was just mind blowing to me when I when I found that out.
0: Yeah, and within that room, we get to meet and have an opportunity to get to know a little bit about the people in that room. And there are three that were sort of the focus of the the uh, considered to be among the aficionados, the preeminent. Tasters? What's the word I'm looking for here, Sean? Yeah,
1: key, uh, key tasters. We call them, you know, they're, called, they're kind of referred to as key tasters. And yes, there were three that kind of run the room. They kind of are, are jokingly referred to as the Mount Rushmore of beer tasting uh, there. And they, um, it's the Kramer brothers. Two of them were brothers, uh, uh, Peter and Mike Kramer. And uh, they're fifth generation brewmasters. So they've been in this uh, for a long time. Their father was the head brewmaster at Budweiser for decades, uh, years ago. And then um, Jane Killebrew, who has, you know, the most on-the-nose name you can have for a brewmaster. Uh, but she's, uh, she's really extremely highly regarded within the brewing community uh, for just decades and decades of, of really amazing uh, work and uh, just pioneering, especially being a female in an industry that was, you know, typically dominated by males but is becoming more and more open to, to, to women in the higher ranks. And I think a lot of it's because of her. So yeah, they're really great characters, really great people. Get to know them really well, which is really nice because I think it helps color, you know, their commentary throughout the film. Hopefully,
0: I want to remind our listeners of speaking with uh, Sean Mullen. He is the director of the film Kings of Beer, and you can find out at, at more about it at kingsofbeer.com. And and that foreshadows. Uh, I want to well, I want to make a comment about these three people, that I think uh, a characteristic they characteristics that they share first of all they're intensely uh, dedicated to their craft to um, to being res- uh, essentially the last arbiter of what makes uh, a great beer and and what does not but also in that intensity but also they come across as people very comfortable within their own skin which is in the sense of they seem almost well they're they're, they're, they're they've reached that point in in their craft and understanding what goes into what uh, their product needs to be, to where there's this self-confidence in them. And I thought they, as you said, I thought they were just uh, terrific uh, individuals to be talking about and talking to. And and you're right about her name, Jane Kilbrew. as, yeah, you couldn't ask for a more appropriate name. (laughs) But but I want to contrast them and that sort of that calm about them with, uh, the brewmasters, which, uh, there are a number of uh, some summer Anderson. You mentioned, uh, Yang Guanglu, Jeff Jones, Tim Seitz, uh, Natalie Johnson and Eric Cartesiano. They are on the other hand, very intense. Almost all of them uh, with a couple <laughs> of exceptions, uh, are uh, in a, in a, they feel like they are, first of all, they have something to prove. But also their passion is hard to hard to not see and that the way that how they feel about what they're doing and it, it comes across big and part of that is just their innate in uh, intensity, but also they also head up s- these these different breweries within the Budweiser family. am I, am I stating that correctly they're they're the head they are
1: yeah they're the brewmasters for budweiser at various facilities around the world so yes like summer anderson is merrimack uh new hampshire um you know natalie johnson is um well she was columbus uh, ohio she's actually just been natalie's just been transferred she just was promoted at, over to st louis she's the head of the st louis the flagship brewery now which mm-hmm. is really great mm-hmm. which is cool yeah. um and then yeah young while lewis was from wuhan china um doesn't speak any English at all and you know worked his way up from you know the the, the, the kind shift. of <laughs> the night shift all the way to, to the brewmaster is a really great great story yeah. Um, and uh, yeah and, so, and Jeff Jones is down in Houston and then Tim Seitz is an army uh, combat veteran um, who is uh, in Fort Collins Colorado I'm actually an army veteran as well uh-huh. and so it was kind of nice to 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 be able to see another veteran doing well in the competition, so That's they're right. all they're very unique characters, and and just the their backgrounds and their perspectives. I don't think they're typically what most people would normally think of as a, as a brewmaster. When I if I were to ask you to kind of sort of you know paint me some uh, yeah. uh, you know character sketches of, of who who are the top brewmasters at Budweiser, I I would challenge anybody to come up with this group of five or six that we yeah. kind of focused on.
0: Yeah, my my drawing would it would involve somebody with a beard. And <laughs> yeah, you yeah. know, and uh older beard bearded <laughs> yeah. guy, yeah. Uh, you yeah. know. Yeah. yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. Well it's funny. yeah, well it's funny because you know, there's been a, a huge explosion of, you know, microbreweries yeah. in the country. Yeah. And, and But when you think of these microbreweries, they tend to be, you know, white dudes twirling their beards in, in, in Brooklyn or, <laughs> or some other hipster <laughs> enclaves. And and so the real irony is that while they might have a, a tremendous amount of diversity in the microbrewery world when it comes to actual beer selection, uh, when it comes to the diversity behind the kettle, it's really interesting and I, and I think exciting to see these larger breweries taking a lead in that arena.
0: Yeah. No, that's great. And this is the thing about the film, uh, Kings of Beer, and that is that you're able to, in a very compact period of time, give us a lot of backstory uh, about these different individuals and how important it is for them to be able to develop the best possible beer within their uh, community of beer makers. And I feel like I'm not phrasing that exactly the right way, but they are definitely clued into what's coming out of room 220 they take it very seriously and they try to essentially come up with the best possible uh beer that they can and uh, but it's the backstories it's the interviews with them them and then their, maybe their spouse or the relationships yeah. <laughs> they have with others in the film yeah. that really colors in uh the portrait of all of them and uh, i thought you did a wonderful job with that
1: Thanks so much. I mean, you know, what you said at the top by the film having a lot of heart. I mean, I think that's the you know, the nicest uh, review I think anybody can give of the film. The idea that you get this film about a giant kind of corporate company, you know, making this massive product that's around the world, but really the first kind of thing you thought of was was the heart of the film and, and so that I I'm glad you pulled that out because I'm a big I come from I'm a filmmaker. You know, I worked mostly in narrative. You know, screenwriting and directing. You know, I think any film. I'm a big Patty Chiesky, uh, uh disciple. So anything with heart, I, I think, is uh, belongs on screen. And 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 so I, I really, you know, this was actually my first feature-length doc that I was able to uh, to, to direct. So I'm, I'm glad that that came through.
0: Well, what are you going to take away from the world of documentary back into the world of narrative filmmaking? What is there? Is there something um, that just jumps out at you in terms of, as a, as a filmmaker, that you feel uh, that this, coming away from this this film, that you're going to take with you?
1: Yeah, I'm going to take a lot. I mean, the first thing I'm going to take away is I'm, I'm now, I guess, a documentarian. So I just got hired to direct a documentary about Yogi Berra. So I start, I've just started production on that. Um, and so his life, kind of like a life biopic about the famous uh, New York Yankee uh, catcher. Yeah. Um, and so... I'm going to take a lot of. Already, we've started shooting and uh, some interviews and stuff, and I've already taken what I've learned from this project and and have it bled over to that project. But as far as my narrative, you know, feature films, um, yeah, I think just the focus on, on storytelling and on character. I think it's all there's there's a pretty broad overlap between you know documentaries and the narrative world when it just comes to the basics, which are, you know, good stories driven by compelling characters, and that's really, you know, anytime I get a chance to. To tell a story, I'm, I'm going to try to go as deep as I can and, and be as authentic as I can. And I think that authenticity might be something that uh, stays with me as well.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the ability to kind of find the essence of a character in a documentary film, something that's compelling, something that will pull the audience in, being able to tell that in a relatively short period of time... That doesn't necessarily feed a greater narrative in the way that you would in a narrative film, mm-hmm. but it serves the purpose of moving the the, the the documentary forward in terms of providing information for people. I think that's a skill set that, uh, yeah, I, I, it sounds like that's something you can take into the narrative world and, and, and make that work. Yeah. Um, and you did a nice job. It, it Again, I, I didn't hope I wasn't sounding uh, in any way pejorative when I said I wasn't sure about this film before no, when no, I came I'm, into I'm, it. I'm,
1: I'm, I'm worried that most people are going to have that same fear. So I'm glad that I was able to uh, challenge your perceptions a little bit. I mean, I yeah. I mean, I'm I mean, I'm, I'm aware. I mean, I think we're all aware we've you know, we took on this project. You know, because we all believed in it, we believed in the characters, we believed in this world, and we believed in 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 what we, the story we were trying to tell. And yeah. and so I think there will be people who might, you know, kind of judge a book by its cover. But hopefully, you know, we got a really nice trailer. The production company Ace Content's a great. I've got some great producers and a great team behind me, and so they cut a really great trailer, um, which I think will help at least tease people enough to give it a watch and you know we also loaded from a structural standpoint i mean one of the big docs that i really looked at was spellbound that i don't know if you're familiar oh, with of spellbound, course yeah. of course, Spellbound. Amazing, yeah. yeah but spellbound if you look structurally i mean the first half of that film is is essentially the first 48 minutes there's essentially eight yeah there's eight six minutes yeah I and mean, it's pretty eight six minute intros and so yeah. that was the first 48 minutes and the second 48 minutes was the competition and so yep um we didn't have that, we had to jam in some more stuff, and we had to, you know, we, we didn't have that much time and, and all that stuff. But that, that was really when I let off, uh, you know, with structurally, and again, being a writer, coming from the world of narrative, I had, you know, I had the entire film broken down into eight sequences, which is the same way I structure my narrative screenplays. Mm-hmm. So it's sequence one, sequence two, you know, first act, second act, third act, we had the whole thing, you know, really, you know, not necessarily, I wouldn't say scripted out um, as far as written, but as far as uh, structurally, mm-hmm. you know, what part of, going where, uh, was going to go where, and, um, you know, I just think that, uh, um, I don't know, I just, it was really, really yeah. Help, helpful. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's why I wanted to address it at the very top of our interview, I just wanted people to understand exactly uh, what you're describing, and why why this isn't what you may assume it to be, so, uh, well, I, I want to thank you so much for finding some time to spend with us today on Film School Radio, the uh, the film, again, is Kings of Beer, and oddly enough, the uh, website is called kingsofbeer.com. Isn't that strange how that worked out? And <laughs> and it is opening in theaters here in, uh, in Los Angeles, I believe, but also it's opening on VOD on August 2nd, which is this Friday, and you can find out more about that. And uh, I want to thank uh, Sean Mullen. Thank you so much for being here today.
1: Yeah, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Um, it was really great talking to you.